here just a second. Calling the message today, say it with me. What incredible, can we say it louder? Come on. What incredible, wow. I mean, come on, that God would love us. That is crazy. What incredible love that you would love me because I know me. Amen. Say, I know me, but he knows me a whole lot better than I know me, which is really scary. Amen. Say, it's crazy. What incredible love. Now, we started out a couple of three weeks ago. The book of 1 John was written late in the first century, 50-plus years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Now, why am I saying that? Now, why do I keep reiterating it? Just think about this country. 50 to 75 years ago, was this a totally different country, yes or no? You know it was. It was just a lot different. That doesn't mean everything today is horrible, no. But it was just different, a lot different, yes or no? I was listening on the radio to uh, a PBS show, just on the radio, NPR, whatever, and Carol Burnett. How many remember Carol Burnett? I love Carol Burnett. And they were talking about, you know, risque things back in the day. And, you know, and they, they, you know, they asked her, you know, were there certain things they told you you couldn't do? And it was amazing things that, you know, today we wouldn't even think twice about it. Just saying something or even an innuendo 50 years ago would have been forbidden. Yes or no? Just a different world. Keep that kind of thinking in mind now. Here you've got the crucifixion, the resurrection of Christ. The church is off and running. It's spreading. But time has passed. And you've got leaders that have risen up now inside the church and false teaching and error is creeping into the church. You mean the church back then? Absolutely, because there's always been people. You know, we have our own ideas. We have our own passions. We always, you know, a lot of us, we fight pride. We want to be the boss. Amen. Say. And that's what was happening here. False teaching and error was creeping into the Christian church. But there was a man still living who was there at the time of Jesus, and his name was the Apostle John. He was an old apostle. Now, he's known for his love. When you read the book of John and 1 John, and you just keep reading the book of Revelation, you just see the love of John. John's a loving man. There's no doubt about it. However, he's ticked off. The old man is mad. Say that with me. The old man is he's mad. Now, this is how I'm looking at the book. I'm handling it from this direction. So, there was false teaching, and he's going to deal with it. It was raising questions about the real personal existence of Jesus. Can you imagine John's response when somebody, some teacher who's head of the whole church, and there's several of them, perhaps, Gnostics they were called, they're saying to the folks, Jesus didn't really exist. Can you imagine when John got wind of this, how he would have felt? Say, what do you mean Jesus didn't exist? I was with him. I was there. And that's how the book starts off. We handled him. We touched him. We heard him. We saw him. And so he's having to make this case. And so this teaching, the Gnosticism, said Jesus was not really born of the flesh, but only seemed to have a human body. He was really a spirit or a ghost. Okay, that's, that's, that's the basis here. They thought it's not so much about Jesus, but it's about Knowledge, the more you know, increases your spirituality. Have I lost you yet? Yes or no? 
the more you know. And guys, we fall prey to that today in our culture. I mean, some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life are the people that know the most, supposedly. Y'all hearing me? Yes or no? Say. You ever said this, listen to somebody, how can you be so stupid? Say. You ever said that when you're watching TV or something? How can you say that? Or how did you ever get elected? You ever said that? Say. How did you ever get elected? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But we're supposed to believe it because they know. Well, that was happening in the church. And John was saying, listen, it's not the more you know, it's who you know. If you're going to discount Jesus' existence, that he existed in personal form, that he, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that he literally was on this planet, he was born of a virgin, he lived, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, you're a false gospel and you're a false teacher. And that's what he's teaching. But John knew Jesus. He knew this incredible love. Amen? And so this book is not written to heathen. You've got to realize that. That's, that's one problem we're going to have to deal with in chapter 3 here. If we get through it, we'll get through it, but we'll see how we do. But he's not writing this to lost people. He's writing this to Christians. Beloved, he calls them. The saints of God. The people that are getting screwed up. Yes or no? Y'all with me so far? That's why when we see 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That verse was literally written to Christians. Yeah, but I thought Christians didn't sin. Can we do a real big test? right? This is very important to the message today. How many, just bear with me here, be as honest as you can, even though I tell people you're the most dishonest church in the country. Here we go. Because when I ask questions, you don't raise your hand. You lie to me. Okay, let's try it. I'm going to give you one last chance to redeem yourself. How many would say, Pastor Gary, over the last seven days, I am certain I have sinned? Can I look? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Dan, you... Okay, get the hands up, Dan. Don't make me call on you. Roger, where you at? Your hand up, Roger? Amen. All right, hands down. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. This book was written to Christians. Y'all hear me? And they're fighting a dilemma. Now, we've talked about chapter 1 and chapter 2. And now we're going to go to chapter 3 shortly. I can love the world and the things of this world, or I can love Jesus and I can love people. Amen? And uh, so he's writing this book. I can, I can submit myself to the lust of the flesh, to the lust of my eyes, to my selfish pride, or I can submit myself to, to Jesus into loving Jesus and loving people, okay? It's, it's a battle we're facing. We saw this last week. At the end of the day, loving Jesus and loving people is what really matters, and it's what's really going to last, amen? And John was a loving man, but he's fighting back in this chapter 3. Incredible love he's talking about, but I want to flip the page. Now, let's go into chapter 3, Roger. You, okay, here we're getting there. I haven't seen this yet. Let's go back to First John and see what he has to say about this incredible love and that's where I want to go right there. Here we go. Got the Bible. Amen? Here we go. It's right there. If you have a Bible, great. It's right there on the screen. All right? I want to walk through this chapter with you. Was the book of 1 John written to Christians? Yes. Okay. He's writing it because there's some know-it-alls that are screwing things up. Just like today. Yep, it happens. Okay? And by the way, a guy, a preacher like me, or... On TV can have a great personality. 
At the end of the day, what's the Bible say, though? Yes or no? Since when do we follow a personality? We do that all the time. Or they seem smart, or they can talk a certain way. What does the Bible say? Are we going to stick with the Bible, or are we going to let people... We're going to be tossed to and fro by looking at folk. Yes or no? Say. Okay? Get it down. 1 John 3, 1, one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew Him not. What an incredible verse. How many remember this song? Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. Wonder where that came from. Right? How many never heard that or you've heard it before? We don't know. Whatever. There you go. Okay? Behold, incredible love. What kind of love God has for us that He would give His only Son for us. Offer his son as a sacrifice. Jesus would literally come, literally come. This is Satan's big attack. If he can somehow make it that Jesus didn't really come, he's won. And John, that's why he's doubling down, tripling down. He's fighting back here. This is incredible. Don't ever get shaken. Don't ever let anybody shake you or remove you from the love of Christ. Yes or no? Ever. This is incredible. That's why you ought to wake up in the morning. Wow, what a great day. God loves me. Amen. Say. can change your whole world. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That word bestowed. Your, his love was not earned by you and me. It was, it was granted to us. It was graciously given to us. It was bestowed upon us. Do you all understand that? We didn't earn this. We think we can work our way to heaven. We come to Christ as a sinner. We come to Christ as a beggar. Yes or no? Empty-handed, nothing to give. Hell to shun, that's how I came. Amen? Listen, we love Him because He first loved us. What kind of love is this? uh, Keep it up there, please. That He's bestowed this kind of love on us that we should be called the what? And daughters of God. Sons and daughters of God. Listen, what kind of love is this that God has so graciously given? He's, he has said, I love you. I claim you. You're mine. That's incredible that we should be called now the sons of God. That's what he calls us. He calls us the sons and daughters of God. I must really have incredible value to God. Yes or no? I'm a son. I'm a daughter of, of Almighty God. What kind of love? Is that crazy love? Yes or no? The reason I get excited about it, because I was lost. I didn't know the Lord. And when I got saved years ago as a a hell-raising teenager out of just a squalor home, and my mama being a drunk and just a mess, this was the kind of stuff I started reading. Wow! (laughs) What a difference! Amen? It changed my whole world. This chapter, especially the first couple of verses, just radically changed who I was. I'm now a son of God. Gary Clark. Are you kidding me? I'm a son of God. And then I found verses like, I'm an heir with Jesus. I'm a joint heir. I've been adopted into the family of Almighty God. Amen? Beautiful stuff. Then it goes on to say, Therefore the world knows us not because it knew Him not. Keep in mind, this was written to this church, early, early, the early church. Even though it's 50 to 70 years later, 
And that's really most likely speaking of the Jewish people. They're believers in God, Jehovah God. And they don't, they don't accept that these people are followers of Christ. That they're, they're followers of God. They, they don't believe in the Messiah. And it says the world knows us not because it knew Him not. Did the Jewish people accept Christ when He came? Yes or no? No, no. I'm not saying this doesn't apply to you and me today, but, but back in the day, that's what it was written. And that's how it was written, okay? They were not received by the heathen out here, and they're not received by those that are, quote, believe, you know, the, the first five books of the Bible, etc. And so he's just making the case. Don't get down. Don't get down. You always stay up because God loves you so much, and you're a son of God. It doesn't matter what somebody else says about you. Amen, yes or no? Amen? Verse number two, Rog. Now, this became my life verse. Would you say it with me? Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Can you imagine as a young man, me, not knowing a thing about the Bible, some of my favorite choice words were GD and F this, and that's the way I was. And I see the love of God, and I saw it out of loving people. We went to this little old church, and uh, the preacher didn't have any education in the Bible, nothing like that. He was just a country man, Eddie Zimmerman. It would be my heart's desire that one day before he dies, he's 75, that I could get him from Tennessee. He's in Tennessee now. Get him down here that you could meet him. He's the preacher that preached when mom and I got saved. He's the preacher that showed me verses like this that changed my life. I didn't think I had a future. And he and others would say, Gary, look at this. You don't, you're not Gary from 109 River Road anymore. Your home's in heaven, son. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Gary, you're now a son of God. That just blew my mind. And I lapped it up like a dog. I'm telling you. It's beautiful. I love this. Beloved, now we're the sons of God. And here I was, didn't know what my future would be. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. And I put my name there, what I shall be. I'm 16. I don't know, God, what you have for me. But I know this. When you appear, when you come again, I might not have it all figured out, Lord, but I know when you come again, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to see you as you are. And this became my hope in my life. It became the thing that sort of directed my life. I have a beautiful cross stitch. I have a little cabin in Carolina that I have that my mama cross stitched. It's this verse that she cross stitched with her own hand. I just love that thing. Amen? What a great verse. Can you say it with me again? You might not get excited as I do, but it's pretty exciting to me. Here we go. One more time. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we're going to see Him as He is. Jesus is coming one day. Okay? And that is a blessed day. Even so come, Lord Jesus. But whether He comes or I go to be with Him, one day I'm going to see Him. And I'm going to be like Him. And the struggle now for me... Is trying to be like Him while I'm here. It's hard. Y'all face that, yes or no? 
it's hard to be like him. Especially when we're hearing these other voices like the church was then. No, it's what you know and how much knowledge you get and all that. I want to be like Jesus. It's a tough thing to do. And that's the walk that I'm on, that you're on. So I love this verse. We could talk about it. But just keep in mind when he says in verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father. Then he called, Say that first word with me. What? Beloved. This is written to us, guys, as Christians. This is written to believers. This is who John was talking about. You've got to keep that in mind as we keep moving forward. Keep looking verse 3. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. What hope? The hope that Jesus is coming again. The hope that you're going to see the Lord one day. The hope that I don't know what the future is. I I can't figure it all out. But I know one day I'm going to be like Him. I'm going to see Him one day. You keep that inside of you. Don't let any man take that from you. Yes or no? Say. You might read an article in the paper. You know what I do? I I let God be true and every man a liar. If something doesn't line up with the Bible, or if I read something, they found some tooth somewhere in which supposedly God didn't create us. You know what I call the paper? A lie. It's a lie right there. You hear me say? Yes or no? I don't believe that. I choose by faith to believe God's Word. Amen? Y'all hear me? This helps purify me. Not to be a nut. I don't want to be dumb. I don't want to be stupid. But I found over the years that the Bible's true. And the longer I live and the longer folks live, the more and more and more it's true after all. Amen? Keep this kind of hope in you that Christ is coming again. They're going to scoff in the last days, the Bible says. Oh, you don't believe in Jesus, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay? Say. Got it? Yes or no? Say. Got it? I do. This is how I keep Gary pure. Gary's impure. Gary has problems. Y'all know that? Yes or no? How many think your pastor has problems? He's got some problems. I don't know all his problems, but he's got some problems. I got him. I got him. It's me focusing on the Lord. It's me focusing on His coming again. It's, it's me focusing on I need to live for Him. It's me focusing on I'm going to go to heaven one day. It's me focusing that I need to tell people about Christ. I need to live right. I need to do the right thing. It's me focusing like that as salt and light that keeps me pure. Got it? Keep looking. Verse 4. But hold on. It's about to get some deep and some tough stuff coming up in the next few verses. Y'all right? We're not going to take forever, but we are going to get through them. And you might not agree with me. So, let's keep going. Was this book written to Christians? Yes. He's talking to Christians. He ain't talking to lost people. John's trying to help people. He ain't trying to screw people up. you got to know that when you read the book. The people that were teaching the false teaching that says about knowledge and not really knowing Jesus personally, that's the ones that were screwing them up. Yes or no? He's trying to help them. Keep that in mind when you read through these scriptures because they can, they can get crazy. Here they go. Whosoever commits sin transgresses the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. Well, I ain't got no problem with that. That's the truth. Yes or no? You commit sin. Here's the law of God. This is the right way. You do the wrong way. Well, you broke the law. Amen. Say. Okay? Boom. Thou shalt not lie. You lie. You broke the what? Law. Thou shalt not steal. You steal. You broke the what? Law. Okay? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, but you've been brooding for four days. You broke the what? Law. Yes or no? Okay? 
Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't make them mad as a hornet because of your behavior, but that's the way you've been acting. Dad, you broke the what? Law. Children, obey your parents, but this is right. But you ain't been obeying them, so you broke the what? You understand that verse? That ain't too hard, is it? Come on. Verse number 5. And you know that he, Jesus, Jesus, very interesting choice of words, was what? Manifested to take away our what? And in him is no sin. Now, it's interesting. Leave it right there. Well, the Gnostics were teaching Jesus hadn't been manifested. They're just teaching he was a spirit. It's really about knowledge. It's not a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, he really didn't even come. Not really, you know. You understand? Listen, if you take away that Jesus came in the flesh, died on the cross for our sins, you took everything away from us. I said it a few weeks ago. That's exactly what Islam does. It's exactly what Islam. Oh, we believe in Jesus. We put Jesus in the book. Yeah, but you put him in the book as somebody who didn't die for my sins on the cross. And that's a problem. Yes or no? Because you took everything from me. When you take that away from me, yeah, but we give him a little credit. He gets to come back in the last days with the imam and be his little helper. Keep it. Amen? Say, you hear me? That, but that's not just that. It's, it's the devil's plan all along is to take Jesus away. Okay? And you know. Who? Christians. You know. You know. Here's John, the old man, going, you know. Don't you listen to this bull. You know he was manifested to take away our what? And in him was no what? And that's the, that's the big problem right there, see? We can't take away our sin because we're sinners. We needed somebody to take away our sin who had no sin. And Jesus was the only one that could do that. You're so narrow-minded, you Christian people. Look, it's God's plan. I didn't make up the plan. But I believe the plan. Amen? Keep looking. That's going to get crazy. Whosoever abides in him, say it with me, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him nor known him. Well, that's a problem for this audience. Because a little bit ago I asked you how many sinned this week. And every hand went up. I don't like this verse then, do you? I don't get it. Whosoever abides in him sins not. Do you mean if I sit like in a room all day with the Bible and just read and, and, and read it and, and don't go outside, maybe I can become a monk. That's what I'll do. And I won't sin. I won't get married because there ain't no way you can be married and not sin. There's no way, okay? No way. You can't have babies. I'm telling you that right now. You can't have children and not sin. Y'all hear me say that's where all that came from. And it ain't the goofiest thing on the planet. Actually, it makes some sense sometimes. But anyway, we don't want to talk about it. All right? Here's the point. Is that what we're supposed to do? Is that what this verse is teaching? It's got to be teaching something different, guys. Y'all listening or not? So, whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him nor known him. And I'm just going to keep walking here a little bit, but hang on. The key here is abiding. Do you believe in Christ? 
Are you soon removed from Jesus? Is your faith solid in Christ? Are you abiding in Him? Have you said all other roads are a dead end and He's the only way, the truth, and the life to God the Father and I put my faith in everything I have in Him? Yes or no? That's the only way your sins are forgiven is putting your faith in Christ. Okay? There's more truth to this verse. And that is, as we live for Him, as we abide in Him, there is no doubt that we get stronger. Yes or no? Yes or no? And sins, how many, just come on, be honest with me. How many of you, you had sins, and you're not saying you don't sin, or you don't mess up sometimes, but there were things in your life that God has given you the victory over in your life because you're walking with the Lord. Can I see that? And I'm abiding in Him. That's part of what this is saying. I don't believe this is teaching sinless perfection. Yes or no? Now, you can believe that if you want to. Have at it. You're going to be awful nervous all the time, I'm going to tell you that. Oh, my God, what if I do something? I'm going to go to hell. That's boy, you may as well. you got a choice here. I don't believe that's what this is teaching. But I certainly believe that as we abide in Christ, we get stronger in our faith. We start to, to, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't make us do. He teaches us. He leads us into truth. But it's still our decision. But we're growing and we're getting stronger. Does that make any sense? That's how I approach this passage. You can approach it another way if you want to. It doesn't bother me. There's whole denominations that have been formed. And there, many of them are good churches. They just believe it different. That's all right. Keep looking. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. I keep going back to why the book was written. It was written because people were deceiving those people. Yes or no? The Gnostics were deceiving. These are the ones that know. These are the ones who become the leaders. These are the ones that have the knowledge. These are the ones that are taking over the church. And I believe, I believe that John is saying, let no man deceive you. Okay? He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. He wants him to take a good look at who... Who's over them? Keep looking. Push me on, Raj. Another verse. He that commits sin is of the devil. When we commit sin, is that of God? Yes or no? Well, I committed sin today and it was of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Anytime we sin, it's of the devil. Okay? For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God. Here's our word again. What? came literally, bodily, in the flesh, died on the cross, rose from the dead, that he might do what? The works of the devil. Now, back to my point, this book was written to Christians. I don't think John's writing this book to screw them up. I think he's writing it for a couple of reasons. One, for sure, you need to abide in him. You keep growing in your faith. And you'll see the sin start drop off. Will it drop off ever totally? Probably not. It's always going to be a battle till the day you die. However, however, he's also writing this book to say, you take a good look at them. You take a good look at these people that say it's about knowledge. You take a good look at these people who are supposed to be the spiritual ones. Okay? I'm going to tell you what. What he's saying is they're not saved. 
They don't know the Lord. They don't know Him at all. You can't know the Lord, deny Christ. And He's saying, look at their life. Look at it. Look at their life. What they're doing, their lifestyle. Oh, no, but I got the knowledge. Jack, you don't have nothing because I'm looking at your life and you're sinning like crazy. That's what I think He's saying. Y'all hear me or not? Did I lose you on all that? Just keep it in mind as we're talking here. Because otherwise, you can read this and really get a lot of indigestion. You know? <laughs> a lot of heartburn and heartache. It's a tough passage of Scripture, I'm telling you. Okay? But there's no doubt about it that sin is of the devil. When you sin or a lost person sins, that's still of the devil. Jesus did come and he did destroy the works of Satan. He did destroy that. The question is, do you know that in your life? Do you know in your life that the sin in my life, past, present, future, has been destroyed by Christ? It's been defeated. He defeated Satan. He's cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. And I'm going to live like that. Yes or no? I'm going to live like that. Should we sin that grace may abound? Yes or no? No. God forbid, Paul said. We don't sin so that we can go, oh, see, Jesus has just forgive me again. That's beautiful. But you've got to have that kind of faith, though, that says, I'm saved. I know Christ even when I screw up. Why? Because I didn't get saved because I got it all right. I got saved because He did it all. I can't keep my salvation by doing the right thing all the time. I wasn't saved that way. How did it transfer over here now all of a sudden I'm keeping my salvation? Y'all, yes or no? But churches teach that. And I don't, dis- I don't dislike these people. I just don't think, I don't think that's possible. Y'all hear me? If it's possible for you to do good enough to be saved, then it's possible for you to do good enough to keep saved. But if it ain't possible for you to do good enough to be saved, how is it possible now that you're going to do good enough to stay saved? Did I lose you or not? I'm from the country. I'm sorry. You can't have it both ways. If you want to have a works religion, then go ahead and have it from the beginning and keep it all the way to the end. But if you want a grace, you want the grace of God, but somehow you're going to take over in the middle and keep your salvation, that's where I think we're sort of missing the mark. And I keep in mind, but what does this say? I know what it says, but I also want to keep in mind that this book was written to Christians. I don't believe John's trying to say, you you Christian people there that are getting screwed up by these crazy people up here, I'm going to add to it and I'm going to make you even crazier than you were before. I don't think that's the plan here. I think some of this is directed at those jokers that are saying they know the Lord, but they're not living for the Lord. They don't, they don't preach Him. They don't believe in Him. And their life is not showing forth that. Just something to think about. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Wow! Are you kidding me? This is rough. How many of you think this is tough today? Say, whosoever is born of God doesn't commit sin. How many would say in the room, Pastor Gary, I am born again. I know Christ is my Savior. Can I see your hand? I've been born again. Let's take our hands. Here we go. Pastor Gary, I do commit sin. Let me see your hand. Okay. That's a problem. Are y'all feeling it, yes or no? I'm glad y'all feeling it because I feel it. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin. Because he is born of God. Wow! Y'all ready to pack up and just go home? (laughs) 
It does help to get into the tense of the word, into the Greek text sometimes. It's on things like this that you want to unpack everything you can find to figure out what a verse means. Whosoever is born of God, the word commit is the word practice habitually. That is the word. That's what the word means. Whosoever is born of God does not habitually practice sin. I see the light. I'm glad. He's trying to get me to quit. I'm ready. Here we go. Whosoever is born of God doth not habitually practice sin. Now, you can look at it two ways. One is that's just the truth. That's flat out the truth. You say you're a child of God, but you just keep on, keep on. He's made no difference in your life whatsoever. When I ask the question, what difference has Jesus made in your life as far as you living for Him and doing it, you go, none. None. Well, I think that's a problem. Amen. Say Okay, But here's the other way you need to look at this verse as well, is that he was writing this to Christians as well, and he's wanting them to see, he's wanting the, 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 the readers to see as well that these that are saying they're in leadership over you, the way they're living, they ain't born of God. If they truly, really knew what they say they know, it would have made a difference in their life, and you could see that they're born of God. Yes or no? Say yes or no. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? So, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you, I don't think it's the right thing to do to take this verse and say, if I ever sin, I am lost. If I ever sin, I'm, I'm not saved, I'm going to hell. Don't, that is not what this is saying. Because we already said all of us have sinned. Is that true, yes or no? So there is a problem. If we say that, that's a problem. Amen? Confusing, Gary. Hey, I didn't write it. Look at verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. He added a little something to it. Two, two thoughts again. One is, if we continue to practice unrighteousness, there's no way for the world to see that we're his children. Yes or no? Say. Okay? That's one track. You're not of God. How can you say that? If you continue to live like the devil, he's not made a change in your life whatsoever. How can you say that? But number two, look at it from the fact that he's writing this to the church, to the Christians, and he's saying, look at them. Look at those. Reject that. Reject that teaching that they're teaching. It's not playing out in their life. They're not living for the Lord. It doesn't work. Yes or no? Just look at it a couple of different ways. But also he says this, neither he that loves not his brother. Guys, how in the world can we say we know the Lord who we ain't seen, and yet we hate our brother who we have seen? Is that, does the Bible, guess who says that? John does. He says it later. You can't hate people. You can't hate people. Hate your brother. If you hate your brother... I seriously doubt your salvation. Did you hear me? Yes or no? I said it. Write it down. If you hate your brother, I would not sleep well tonight if I was you. Did you hear me? I believe there was a lot of hate in this church. I believe they were teaching this, which is not true. And you got these down here 
that are trying to hold on to that Christ literally came and died and was buried and rose again. And you get that going on, there could be a lot of hate. Y'all listen to me, yes or no? You ever been in a hateful church? Let me see your hand. A couple of you have been in a hateful church. It's just hateful. Have you ever, can you believe it? You ever had people that loved on you? I mean, they loved on you. And then they turned on you like white on rice. Can I see any hands? It's discouraging, ain't it? It's disillusioning. It's something we need to watch carefully. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should do what? Love one another. I'm going to go a couple more verses. Not as Cain, who was of that, who was that, of that wicked one, the devil. He slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were what? Evil. And you can't read this without keeping in mind that John's saying, it doesn't matter how much knowledge they say they have. These people who are teaching you this false gospel are evil. They're like Cain. Y'all hearing me? What did Cain do? He offered what kind of sacrifice? A works sacrifice. That's the same thing that these false teachers are offering. They're offering a works kind of religion. I'm smart. I've got the knowledge. And God condemns us when we offer a works kind of sacrifice because that nullifies His Son who died for us on the cross. Y'all listening to me or not? not saying works don't matter, but it sure didn't help in this situation, did it? God rejected his offering, but Cain offered the sacrifice that was appropriate, a blood sacrifice, and his offering was accepted. Cain ended up killing him. Okay? Keep looking. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. wonder what John was saying about that. If you live for the Lord and you do what I'm telling you, church, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you reject what they're telling you, don't be surprised if it ain't going to go over too well. <laughs> it's going to be like a lead balloon. You're going to have some problems. I'll tell you that right now. They're going to hate your guts. But you stick to, to Christ and you believe the Word. You reject a works religion. You accept that he was manifest, he came literally bodily, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and nobody else, and you let the chips fall where they're going to fall. Amen? I think that's what he's saying. Keep looking. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the what? And we'll quit here today, let you read the rest. He that loves not his brother abides in death. I love the fact, Ron, wave at me back there. You back there, Ron? There you are. Ron hugged me this morning, and he said he just loves this church, and he loves the love. And that's how we know where he is, because we love one another. That's what, that's what he said. That's what this verse, back it up, back it up, back it up, sorry, back it up one more time. That other verse, or, uh, uh, it don't matter. Here we go. Next verse, please. We know, say it with me, we know that we have passed from what? Under life, because we what? He that does what? Loves not is still what? If you want to test your salvation, and I know I'm all over the place this morning. Karen, I've confused you, haven't I? Good. She's from the country, too. She understands this gobbledygook talk. Anyway, if you really want a test of your salvation, how do I know I'm saved? Well, first of all, do you believe in Christ or not? 
Period. Is your faith in Jesus, period? Well, I think I should work. I'm a good person. Well, then your, your faith is not solidly in Christ. So number one is your faith in Christ. Here's another good test of salvation. Not, I don't think the test of salvation is not that you still sin. I think the test of salvation, a better test should be, do I hate my brother? Do I hate people? I don't ever hear churches say this. They'll teach that if you sin, you're going to go to hell, you're going to lose your salvation. I don't hear this, but how about if you hate people? Is that what the Bible says, yes or no? That's the best test of your salvation. If you're a hateful person and full of hate, you ain't been born again. You're still abiding in what? You're still abiding in death. And that's what Ron, Ron, wave at me again. That's what Ron was saying today. He comes here and he gets that love and he loves and he wants to love. And that is a real, that is a real testament that we're, that we're saved, that we love the Lord. Amen? Yes or no? Y'all okay with this message? How many are like goofy right now? Let's praise the Lord anyway. Come on. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen.